Podcast of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with a guest co-host. Uh, welcome, Jonathan. How are you? Hello. I'm doing excellent. Hello uh, to all of our amazing listeners here at Masters of Modern. <laughs> really quickly, uh, uh, let everyone know who you are. Where, where do you come from? What book brings so, you to the podcast world? Yeah. So I'm Jonathan Young. I'm a singer and music producer most of the time. Uh, you may know me from my YouTube channel where I have made a lot of heavy metal cover songs of uh, songs from popular culture, Disney movies, anime shows, stuff like that. I also have my own original music out there that usually the anime fans don't click on because they just want more anime. <laughs> but um, I recently, I I've been playing Magic for years and years. Um, I hit Mythic number one once just to show off my creds. Uh, I used to play Modern every Friday at my local game store. Um, I had Jund foiled out up until Ragavan got printed, and then I gave up on keeping Jund foiled out. Uh, but uh, just yeah, so I've been playing Magic for a long time, and I... Yeah. <laughs> so I, I collided with the, the Magic scene when uh, Wizards hired me to make some soundtracks for Kamigawa and uh capenna which i was like the lead music director on so now i'm suddenly talking to all of these people that i've been watching in the magic scene for years which has been strange and i'm <laughs> like d disassociating because my hobby is colliding with my my job but say la vie so <laughs> well, well 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 welcome uh for just so, so people know what we're going to be talking about today uh we're going to be talking about well i guess for those who are joining the podcast for the first time we're uh mostly a modern uh magic the gathering focus podcast we've kind of expanded that into talking whatever we want to talk about uh especially during the last three years opening up has made it so we can keep this podcast going um but uh try to bring it up that modern spin uh we've been going on for a long time uh but today we're actually we're now we're now going to like put on our like fake sunglasses and mustache and uh, we're now the masters of pioneer podcast we've just transitioned it's weird yes uh, it feels so similar but now everything's <laughs> in metric uh <laughs> um and uh, someone has a french accent for some reason uh so so uh i've recently bought into i uh, kind of started this conversation is i recently bought into abzan grease fang uh for pioneer and realized that like, hey, would love to get a deep dive on the format, love to talk to someone who has a lot of experience on it. Uh, and and you, uh, I, I posted on the internet and you reached out uh, as as our resident uh, pioneer and explorer, which is what it is on Arena uh, Expert. And so we're, we're going to do a, a breakdown into that, into that format, what's going on there, what's the difference between Explorer and Arena and, and uh, Pioneer and Paper, and uh, also kind of what the difference is between those and Modern. And then... Uh, talk a little bit about the world of of, of uh, Dominary United. Thank you, yes. Wizard for the Coach sign behind <laughs> me that had the words written out that I was able to read. Uh, Dominary United and what cards from that might make a big a big hit or a small hit in in the formats. Uh, so, first question: What's good with Pioneer? Why is Pioneer sweet? <laughs> yeah. So, what I always like to tell people: I have two different pitches for Pioneer. If you're an experienced modern player, my pitch is always. Pioneer is what modern was like five years ago. Uh, it's a really healthy format that lets you explore a lot of higher powered deck building with a very wide card pool. But as we move 
into the, the, the twilight of Modern Horizons 2, uh, Modern has, has now become a format that really demands your attention to all of these finer points of the metagame, understanding exactly how all of these Urza's Saga, you know, triggers work and and when to respond to each of them and you know what what are you running to deal with ragavan and uh, how many of these evoke creatures from modern horizons 2 are you running and all these different things that uh, frankly i i used to play modern more than anybody i know and i haven't been able to keep up with it but especially now with liliana of the veil being printed into standard which means it's in pioneer uh jund in Pioneer is arguably closer to traditional Boomer Jund in Pioneer and Explorer than current modern Jund is. Uh, and, you know, there's other things too, like you can get away with playing Arclight Phoenix and have it be almost as good as it is in modern, but the the rest of the field is way slower. So, if you know, stuff like that, if you're like a Phoenix fan or, or whatever, uh there's a lot of familiar archetypes but it's dialed back a little bit to give you some more room for deck building if for whatever reason you're listening to the masters of modern podcast and you've never played any modern uh maybe you're (laughs) listening because of commander or something i i love to tell especially my my casual commander friends or if i have any friends who like only draft or whatever i love to to basically tell them like look you could probably succeed Porting your standard draft archetype deck, whether it's like ninjutsu or, or um, you know, rogues or something, you could probably port that into Pioneer and put up a good fight against the field. Uh, it's a really healthy format for deck building right now, but it still requires you to, like, it's still got a high ceiling. You still have to be good at the game. You still have to understand the card pool and the meta. There's still, you know, tons of sideboard tech. Um so yeah, long answer, but Pioneer's great. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I think I think I think that makes a lot of sense. I think there's a also with Modern Horizons one as a test and Modern Modern Horizons two kind of cementing this, eventually leading to the Lord of the Rings set. You know, for a long time, Legacy was a feasible format to support. <laughs> yeah, and with that being true, all of these like Battle Bond and Conspiracy and Commander product would be able to print cards that would also have, find a second home in um, Legacy and Vintage, yeah. technically. <laughs> uh, and so that gave kind of some existence to those formats. But I think with Legacy basically becoming unfeasible due to the cost of like already the SEG series was pushing them to be, you know, $500 for a dual in and then you know, Logan Paul and and uh, yeah. uh, Posty and, you know, the actual uh, you know, these became like these hot collectible things. The trading card market boom, and every reserve list card that's actually worth owning is now ten th- or thousand dollars or more. And it, so now, like anyone trying to get into legacy is is feasible but difficult uh, outside of a proxy existence. And so, wizard yeah. at the same time also knows that like modern was just becoming massive. Like right, uh, two years yeah. ago, modern was there were more cards printed since modern was created than there were in modern at its creation right and so and that has gotten worse or better depending on yeah since last right you know, since two years ago um as wizards has printed more cards over the last two years than ever before uh yeah the the um 
but as they noticed, and this is like the 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 background of why Pioneer was created, but the the onus was like, okay, we need a format that is the standard feed up. That's what modern was created to be. We need yeah. and that's what extended was before modern. We need a format where people can kind of bleed into once their deck rotates out of standard. The more likely cards from standard are going to be able to actually affect the format and see play, and is like a purely a standard but bigger experience and. Right. We've tried rotational formats. Those don't work. So why don't we just add a new format in between and call it Pioneer? There are stumbling yeah. blocks in its creation that eventually hit the brick wall that was COVID, which like everyone was affected by, right. both literally and Magic the Gathering format-wise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing that happened, which I think is really interesting, that uh, so I, I had started to feel a little bit of fatigue for modern around the same time that Pioneer was first announced. I was incredibly excited about Pioneer. I immediately started, I brewed like 10 Pioneer decks and started playing heavily right before COVID hit. Uh, but the other thing that happened, uh, right, so Pioneer came out, we had like a couple months or whatever. We And I, if I'm remembering correctly, we were just coming off of Hogak. So it so was I, like- so a, Pioneer was created- uh, with Eldraine, which was right after Modern Horizons 1, which was when Hogan yep. was. Yeah, so yeah. we were coming off of a really nasty uh, winter or well, whatever in, it was, for it Modern. Was too, because it was, it, was, it was Modern Horizons came out, and that led to Hogak being a problem. Hogak and then Oko was printed. And Oko was printed. Yep. <laughs> Once Upon a Time was printed. Yeah. And then those were banned. And then you yep. had Karn with Mycosynthelitis. And, and, then, like uh, a- and then KCI happened. So I was... Uh, just to give you some context, I was playing modern every single week dur- throughout this whole period. So it was like I would go to the shop with my, you know, good old fashioned Jund and get dumpstered by Hogak. Then Hogak got banned. I would go to the shop. I would get dumpstered by Urza and KCI. Then KCI got banned. And then I started playing Sultai and Oko got printed and then Oko got banned. And now my deck's gone. And it was like, then this new format got announced and I was like, man, I never want to have to play against a turn three Karn ever again. I'm going to play Pioneer. This is awesome. Right. Right. Um, But the other thing that happened right before COVID was there were two decks that were unbelievably toxic in Pioneer that, in my opinion, made a lot of people lose interest even before COVID happened. And that was Inverter and Heliod. And well, it was like twenty percent of the meta. For no, yeah, but even before that, we're like, because because what you're talking about the Oko Hogak problem, Pioneer yeah, yeah. Then did the like rolling ban and uh, uh, starting right where they banned yep. a new card every week to fix. Like they started with no ban list Pioneer, and then they built it based on tournament results. Yep. Which in a normal time frame would have maybe been a cool idea in the yeah. year with more bands in mo- magic in standard modern every format there were more bands than like any other year in magic history right. it just created this like oh I, that sounds all of the problems i'm having in other places pioneer is that right. like, every week <laughs> right that. And, and then, then they stopped that rolling ban they stopped that rolling ban right when inverters started becoming a thing so for a while if you queued up for uh, if you queued up for a Pioneer queue on on MTGO, it was like every single deck you would play against would be Demir Inverter combo, and if if it wasn't Demir Inverter combo, it was Walking Ballista Heliod. Uh, thankfully, those things are banned now. We got through COVID for the most part, and Pioneer is a healthy format again, and I couldn't be more happy. 
we got Explore on Arena now. For those of you that don't know, it's Pi- it's everything that's legal in Pioneer on Arena is called Explorer. And then once they finish catching up with the rest of the cards that aren't yet on Arena, then it's just Pioneer. Um, and and I think I think to kind of the creation of Pioneer and where it's going to get more and more popular, I do think modern, I think like the Lord of the Rings set and the Modern Horizon sets, I think sets are going to be printed now, the supplementary ones in two paths. You're either going to be, this is very obviously for Commander, and that's Commander Legend, right. that's Unstable or on un, Infinity, un, that's that whatever the next version of one of those is going to be. Or you're going to be a Modern Horizons-esque set. Like the next right. Conspiracy, Conspiracy is maybe going to be more of a Commander one, because and, and if there's a Balaban 2 or whatever, like these are all things that are going to like find a very obvious home in one of those two formats, which is fine, but it does put Pioneer in a position where like, oh, this maybe is the place where people are looking for more standard tested, focused, aged cards to battle right. each other. And it's uh, more stable because... Yeah. Both Modern Horizon sets, if they're any indication of what the future holds for Modern and Commander, uh, both Modern Horizon sets have brought like absolutely earth shaking staples to every modern deck, except maybe Tron. Um, Like almost every deck um, is like completely different uh, and old staples that were worth hundreds of dollars are just getting pushed out of the format one by one by all of these new things like Ragavan and it sucks to be a deck brewer trying to keep your deck together and you know be confident that your deck will be good for more than six months it almost feels like modern is rotating now you know um, which, which i do think it's some of a little bit just because we're now a year and a half from modern yeah. right too and it's been pretty stable other than a, like a few new cards being printed through the right. standard process um, but th- which would always that happened forever, right? There was always a, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, this 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 Phoenix was printed, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or El Brazi was printed, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but I do agree that like I, I I think Modern was already going to be expensive, and Modern Horizons has just right. added to that process, which is it's Modern is the new Legacy, which has yeah, there's yeah. benefits to that, right? There's been like Legacy was cool that I could play. True Name Nemesis and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Scavenging Ooze before it was printed in the modern and uh, and uh, Baleful Strix, Baleful Strix, right? Like yep. that's that's a cool feature to Legacy that like it would be cool to Modern to have that and and but then having Pioneer be the alternative that is great and and honestly the thing that got me the most interested in in buying uh, Abzan Grease Fang was literally that Liliana the Veil was printed right like like, yeah. Lili- like them bringing because the problem I've had with Pioneer is like, I don't love any, most of the cards in Pioneer. <laughs> sure, <laughs> right? yeah. I like love Snapcaster Mage. I love right. Cab to Exile. I love Lightning Bolt. I love Liliana the Veil. These are cards that like define my magic personality. And yeah. when you look at like Thoughtseize is there, which I guess is cool. <laughs> I not. love Thoughtseize. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why I love Pioneer. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I mean, I, I do love Thoughtseize. I'm, I'm a Judd Pox player at heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the the like addition of Liliana definitely was like okay they're gonna start hopefully printing some of the cards that are just like now powered out the fact that Snapcaster Mage in yeah. Path to Exile are no longer staples of modern is sad right those are the cards that like for yeah. me define that format and if you can print them into standard 
to lead into Pioneer or some of those cards, then then that makes it more and more fascinating to me. And I I I, I do think that like fetch lands are a mistake. <laughs> I think they yeah. should have never been printed. Yeah, um, and that that's like one of the appealing things about like kind of this new era of these eternal formats and i don't mean to sound like i'm talking crap about modern because modern will always have a place in my heart but it's it's almost like they're turning modern into what legacy should have been by giving it all of this special attention through these sets and then they're turning pioneer into what modern should have been by kind of realizing that fetch lands were a mistake you know realizing that some of the ways some of these keywords that they printed like maybe storm and dredge are like really really get out of control fast depending on what what text you put on later sets um stuff like that i mean no hate to dredge or, or storm players but it's like uh you know th those elements of the game are really hard to balance around and the more cantrips you print the better uh or, or the more like mana neutral effects that you print the better every storm deck in the history of magic becomes and the more graveyardy golgari theme mill yourself cards get printed the better every single dredge card in the history of magic becomes and it was kind of getting to that terminal velocity with modern where it's like man like every new like they, they almost can't print anymore it's like the meme with like oh it looks like dredge got a new toy right it's like that was happening so often uh but that's the thing like you could try to play dredge in uh pioneer but you're not going to get some of these ridiculously well, high-powered tools, you know. Arguably, that's what the Abdangri's Fang deck sure. is, right? It's more you it's could more say of that, yeah. Mangevine reanimator like list, but that's honestly more appealing to me than pure dredge sure. ever is, right? I think I think there's also like there's a way to kind of like I think what the Wizards has done because they're very smart <laughs> yeah. with historic <laughs> is and, and, and not as much with like the, the modifying of cards, but more with the like printing cards into historic through the like historic anthology lists is it lets them test these much more classically high powered cards into a, what I would call a softer or a safer format where it's a lot easier for them to just ban them or change them or right. modify them. See, like, oh, does Fauna Shaman break Pioneer? Would right? And I, I don't think Fauna Shaman's a Pioneer right now. <laughs> would no. would um, you know these X Y Z cards that we're able to print into store? See how they do. Does that break it? And then, oh, can we consider printing this in the standard, or can we consider printing this in the modern with with like older legacy cards that currently aren't there but they're able to add through through modern horizon sets because i think like what it feels like they're doing it to all three right like what they're doing to explore where they're slowly printing the important cards from pioneer into arena to eventually bring arena to pioneer what they're doing with with modern where they're slowly looking at new cool powerful cards to include in modern horizon sets but also the modern horizon sets are about bringing counterspell in the modern yeah bringing uh you know uh uh, uh the cycle lands and uh the I'm forgetting its name, but the one mana sacrifice a creature zombie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and bringing these like defining legacy cards that can be reprinted that aren't on the reserve list and do define archetypes there. Yeah. And bringing them into modern. Like I would not be surprised over time 
if we eventually see some of the more like legacy e staples. I think we'll we'll never get brainstorm. I don't think we're gonna get. I don't think we're gonna get force one. I don't think we're gonna get strip. Uh, not strip mine. Wasteland. I think those are gonna be like. Well, you say that now, but if you would have told me that counterspell would have gotten printed into modern and lily of the veil would have been printed into standard i would have never believed you, you That's that fair. <laughs> so i think wasteland is possible other than it's pretty toxic like the, the, yeah. the i think a wasteland variant is possible i think if wizard sees like oh there are lands cards are a problem in modern and none of the tools we yeah. provided are good enough now i think they're doing a good job of finding tools that are good enough like i think the um uh Busiju, uh is like their yeah. version of answering that right like okay we need a wasteland variant that's modern playable that's good enough here's a version of that that's not wasteland that doesn't have the uh delver i'm actually playing a strip mine deck you're never going to play a land spell after turn two and i'm going to kill you with my, yeah. three, what, my one drop decks i think that's what they want to avoid uh force of will i think force of negation has to be bad for force of will to be printed into modern that's like the one caveat to it for me or there's like some creature yeah, thing but- where it's close. Like, I think all those cards are on the line. But I, I also think, though, as you print more of these powerful cards in there, Modern's ban list becomes much more interesting to, like, pull the veil off of, right? Like, there's, yeah. like, there's a version of unbanning, like, 10 cards on that ban list at this point. And yeah. seeing what what shuffles out, what works, what doesn't work. I think that would be, like, a really weirdly interesting play to do right now as we're, like, just exiting the world. Maybe after Magic 30 and we have black lotuses and beta drafts on the line for modern tournaments but, yeah uh like once we enter like a little bit of a down moment because like someone i forget who it was someone ran a modern uh of no bandless a pretty big no bandless modern tournament and like they had their top 16 that you could go through and there's definitely cards that just need to stay banned right like uh, uh right. pretty apparent was like hogak didn't do very well but every deck and some of them were main decking leyline of the voids just because they assumed right. hogak was going to be a problem uh another deck that did really well uh, the, the decks that were like the most defining was uh, Dark Depths was just like, yep, three of the top eight was a Dark Depths deck. And it's like, OK, that's a good evidence that that card shouldn't be unbanned. Um, Crow Mox was just like half the decks were playing it. They're all degenerate. Even the yeah. like the the least degenerate decks were also playing it because it was the hell they were. You know, so it was like there was like some cards that were like, OK, these shouldn't come off the ban list. But so like doing a full on no ban list modern sounds like doing to Pioneer what pioneers early days were like but i think there's a version yeah. where you're like you know what birthing plan birthing pod splinter twin faith is looting yep like all these cards just come off you know, yeah uh, uh, Pun- punishing uh, fire yeah treasure cruise punishing fire um gta um like there's there's a version of pulling the veil off and seeing what yeah. does what does modern look like and and as as pioneer becomes more supported as like more of the like Gonna call it the safer format <laughs> yeah yeah modern seems a little bit more like oh how how much can we make this because legacy is an amazing format if you want it like if you want to talk about yeah. some of the fun i've ever had playing magic it's playing legacy yeah other than the fact that i needed four tundras to be able to even get, right. get there um so it, it'll it's it's interesting how what wizards plan is for all of their formats and how they're feeding into each other and how they're learning like hey we can put liliana in the pioneer well yeah you know like if this honestly, I think Snapcaster Mage and, and, and Crimson Vow, or not Crimson Vow, the one that had flashback, uh, uh, Midnight Hunt would have been, yeah, fun. yeah, that would have been amazing, but really cool. I don't think it like the fact that Lightning Bolt wouldn't exist in the formats it would be in is like an interesting feature of the Snapcaster Mage to exist, right? Yeah, that, that was something I was going to mention 
I mean, I, I can maybe dive more into it later, but like one very interesting thing about Pioneer right now is that, I mean, one kind of thing that Wizards is doing more recently with kind of their design style, at least the way that I'm interpreting it, is that threats are really good and removal has not quite yet caught up with the threats in the way that it, it is in modern where in modern you have all these different options for like one or zero zero mana interaction in multiple different colors. You've got Thoughtseize, Inquisition, Path, all the Evoke Cycle, um, Bolt, uh, Force of Negation, all these different things. Um, you have like 10 different variations of Spell Pierce uh, in modern. Uh, but in Pioneer, you've got Fatal Push and Thoughtseize, and that's about it for one mana uh interaction other than like shock type effects yeah, mystic just portal portal portable hole i mean that's like one thing that's interesting right like for yeah. modern for almost its whole existence the top five most played cards were all one drops and it was yeah black white red and black white and reds removal spells lightning bolt uh thought seize, which was kind of a removal spell and um and path and then it was uh, uh noble hierarch <laughs> and yep. and then it was um blue serum visions right blue whatever yeah. version of blue draw card for one mana it had that was the best eventually yeah. came opt and eventually you know sometimes thought would become fatal push and sometimes fatal push would become inquisition or coast like but those are kind of the five and right. if you look at the top most played cards in pioneer the number one played card is unlicensed hearse which i think is hilarious but then it's fatal push and thought mystic dispute yep. Which is kind of a one drop, depending on what your opponent yeah. is doing. But um, I mean, I'm pretty sure unlicensed hearse and mystic dispute are mo- are both, or I don't know about explorer, but uh, or excuse me, I, I'm not sure about pioneer, but I'm pretty sure those are both just sideboard deck in yeah. explorer. Which, which, which is what happens in modern too. Yeah. Right? There was one point where Ashiok was like the number one most played planeswalker in the format, and it was more right. They were the one of the best sideboard cards because yeah, that was during the Hogak era as well. Yeah. It was Ashiok was like the most reliable way to just shut everything off, wreck someone. So. But portable hole is the other is the other big removal spell that's on here as a as like a one right. mana way to kill things. But yeah, no, yeah. They're, they're definitely it's interesting. So uh, me and Ben and and Marshall, who has the podcast, and Michael, who's one of the co-hosts, came up with a commander variant called Artisan, which is like yeah. only on commons and commons and one of the it's almost the opposite that format has like no threats it's like a the yeah. most threat light format i've ever been in where like people will make decks and then just be like oh i can't win because none of my cards do anything i just put the top <laughs> 30 best removal spells ever printed because all of those are common and uncommon right <laughs> i have every path variant ever printed but i don't have yeah. a four four <laughs> or better. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting that this is kind of on the other side where it's like you can play threats and they're relatively safe where like a braid bone crusher giant is like a big deal. And with, with thoughts, he's being really the policeman. And that's, that was, was true. What was true of modern for a long time. And maybe now it's force of negation and the elementals, but for a long time, thoughts, was modern's force of will. It was, Jund was always there to say, you need to be a little bit more honest than you think you do, because I'm going to win 55% of my games. I'm going to lose 45% of them. And yep. uh, or tournaments or however you want Staying to say that. Honest. Yep. And but your 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 plan, if it can needs to be able to survive the th- 
three best cards in your opening hand going away. And and that's what it and it's one of the things I do love about Thoughtseize is it's a great police person. It it it, it is a worst case scenario, which is what Force of Will is in Legacy, where you can right. run on turn zero, and what Force of Negation and now and, and now Solitude and, and Fury are in modern. But so what what's 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 the what's the fun? What what other than Junt, which sympathetic yeah. What deck so, should I be um, <laughs> Yeah, so looking at uh, what's in the metagame right now, most of it I'm really, really excited about. There's a couple things that I think are going to get a little, going to kind of become kind of the boogeyman of the, the format pretty soon here. We've got Rakdos Aggro, which, or Rakdos Midrange, depending on how you build it, which is a little bit, uh, the, the metagame breakdown is a little bit inaccurate here because the Rakdos Aggro Umbrella also contains Cat Oven. And the Cat... Uh, so so there's... You kind of have to think about Cat Oven as like 5 to 10% of the meta right now. And I'm not going to lie to you, it's rough. It, it, is, it is pretty brutal. If you're not a fan of playing against Cat Oven, these next couple months might make you very tired of Pioneer or Explorer. It does... Um, it does have them, so I think I think it has uh, Rakdos Sacrifice as five percent sure. of the game, and yeah. then Rakdos Mid Range, which I think is going is like is the is the Liliana of the Veil deck. Yes, um, and so, if you look at the Explorer version, it's already jund. It says Rakdos Mid Range, and then it's Black Green Red. Right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Rakdos Mid Range is kind of like the jund right now. Uh, the reason and there's. Uh, you, I've been tinkering with this a lot. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because I could talk about Jund variants and explore for hours. But um, because of Cat Oven, Grease Fang, and Arclight Phoenix, which are all very powerful decks in this meta and are all dependent on having a specific card in your graveyard stay there for a certain amount of time and then pulling it back out on a certain condition. Uh, because of that... There's a couple cards that will kind of just give you automatic wins uh, if the circumstances are right. One of those cards is Scavenging Goose, which is part of why Jund is becoming po- popular in Explorer and Pioneer. Uh, obviously, pretty self-explanatory. You eat the the Perihelion, you eat the Phoenix, you eat the, uh, the Cat. Uh, Graveyard Trespasser is an interesting card that is blowing up right now in Explorer and Pioneer because... It works kind of as this evasive mono black uh, scavenging ooze type threat. Uh, it's got ward with discard a card. So your control opponent has a really hard time two for wanting themselves when they try to um, blow up your, your graveyard trespasser. It flips into a four four that eats two things out of a, a, a graveyard and then drain gains uh, twice, which means it's a very versatile threat and is basically a a main board card that could be a sideboard tech against these three very powerful graveyard strategy decks. Uh, going back to what I mentioned about how their uh, removal is a little bit sparse in Pioneer, you've got these things in Rakdos Aggro, Rakdos Midrange, like the Blood Token Vampire, whose name escapes me, Blood in Tithe God, Harvester. The, the Blood Blood Tithe Harvester. Yeah, so Blood Tithe Harvester is interesting because it fills a very unique role in uh, this red-black archetype that's blowing up because it makes a blood token, which gives you deck filtering. Uh, 
it then turns itself into a little bit of a removal spell if you need to deal with something in a pinch in addition to obviously being a three two but the important thing about that blood token that people aren't thinking about is that you don't have fetch lands in this format so you need a way to trigger your fatal push so that blood token stays on the battlefield and you can kind of hang on to it and believe it or not a lot of these black decks that want to run fatal push are having a hard time running it unless they have something like a blood token or a treasure token that you can sack whenever you want for super cheap to proc your revolt because as we're already seeing three cost creatures are the kind of the sweet spot in pioneer right now where almost every threat in a lot of these good collected company decks a lot of these mid-range decks even some of these aggro decks that have uh something like a, a red devotion theme a lot of them they'll have a three like a bone crusher giant like you have to deal with that you want to deal with it with your push but triggering revolt is actually like something you have to think about in this format mm-hmm. which love it or hate it it makes deck building a little bit more interesting liliana the veil obviously an amazing card fable of the mirror breaker is kind of a mid-range powerhouse right now um moving on from the sort of jund equivalent uh you could also make a black green rock, uh, you know, swap out all the red cards for questing beast and uh, assassin's trophy, stuff like that. Pretty much the same idea. Uh, then uh, you're obviously familiar with Grease Fang. For anybody that doesn't know, you put a Perihelion 2 into your graveyard, reanimate it with Grease Fang on hopefully yeah. turn three. And I don't um, know, because listeners matter way more than I do. <laughs> sure, sure. So uh, Grease Fang from Kamigawa is a three-drop, four-three rat that at the beginning of your combat, you get to reanimate a vehicle and it gains haste. So of course, you put the biggest vehicles that you can into your graveyard on purpose on turn two with something like a, uh, is it Grizzly Salvage that? Yeah, so, you, uh, so, so the deck the deck is playing uh, Seder Wayfinder, um, uh, Rafine's Informant, which is the, yep. the uh, connive, connive. Uh, looter, white looter. Um, it's playing Grizzly Salvage and Withered Bloom Command uh, as its like yep. four main self mill effects, and then it's playing four Grease Fang and four three to four Can't Stay Aways, which is the the flashback yep. reanimator value three Sun Titan effect for for black white. And then it plays Essica's Chariot, Sovereign, Council Flagship, and Parhelion. Parhelion obviously being the best one. That that's your I'm playing a reanimator yeah. effect. Um, of course. Playing a giant angel that but the thing that's important is all three of them are have enter the battlefield effects, right? So they're right. they're the, Perihelion is attack. Perihelion, it's yeah, important have, that Perihelion is because I've almost lost because <laughs> that's a very important difference. But yeah. They have they have uh one Grease Fang does the thing. The turn they come into play, they get to do a thing before they right. return to your hands through the, the drawback of Grease Fang. And so, right. Parhelion, the, you know, you get worst case scenario, you get more worst case scenario, they kill it. But if they, if they don't right. kill it, you have 12, you do 12 damage, and then you end up with another eight power worth of angels in play. Right. Jessica Chariot, you end up with four cat tokens in play, four power worth of cat tokens in play. And then you would have, you'd have. Like, You'd have six power because Eska's chariot would get crewed right away and copy one of your cats. Oh, does the crewing the, oh, the attacking then gets crewed? Yeah. So the attacking of Eska's chariot would, assuming they don't kill it at instant speed as soon as it enters the battlefield. If you get to attack with Eska's chariot, then you have six powers of, of cats. 
begins haste. Uh, return to your vehicle card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste. Return it to its owner's hand. Oh, so Greasefade has to crew Parhelion. Right. Okay, so you still have to do the crewing feature of the deck. That's yes, the so it doesn't become a creature. Yeah, so okay. Grease Fang brings it back and then crews it herself. Yeah. And that's usually the pattern. And Eska's Chariot, the reason why Eska's Chariot is busted is mainly because you play it, get four power of cats, tap to crew with the cats you just created, and then make another cat. Yeah, it's so, basically uh, uh, a Grave Titan. <laughs> yeah yeah so you're making six power of tokens in addition to the four power eska's chariot and that's just the first turn it attacks um and, and it's very easy to like that one specifically is very recastable right like yes if you get yes. Marcelian from the graveyard into play you have to discard it at some point of a while but if you get eska's chariot worst case yeah. you're just on turn turn three grease fang turn four chariot is a yeah and since you're running these since you're running these Seder Wayfinder and Grizzly Salvage effects, you're almost never going to miss a land drop. So it mm -hmm. is a, a very important inevitability that, like, turn five, you might just hard cast a Sky Sovereign and, and bolt something. And that's really good, you know? Also, um, for modern players, it gets to play Tassiger, the Golden Fang in the main deck, which is... Ooh, that's an important uh, That's an important card that we do not have yet in Explorer, is Tassiger. Um, oh, 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 interesting. So that's that's yeah. it's only a pioneer, not explorer, because yeah, because cons block is the big like one of the big missing pieces. Cons block and shadows over Innistrad block are the two blocks that are very noticeably missing from explorer right now. So the, the shadows block one is fascinating to me because it's programmed into arena. So when arena launched in beta, it had yeah. shadows block on it it started oh, you're breaking shadow. my heart right now man you're right i didn't know that you're breaking my heart because dude like, delirium is like one of my favorite mechanics ever so if that I, if that's I no in the game why. i have no <laughs> idea why they have that out of it I, like it's blown my mind because because yeah I, like they had that in kaladesh those were the two they had and kaladesh came the kaladesh remastered happened relatively quickly yeah for some reason we just still have shadows yet i'm like why <laughs> oh man that would be amazing I, i'm gonna be so happy when shadows hits I was surprised it didn't come out last, like, right on the tail end of Innistrad. Right? Dude, we were maybe they'll do Innistrad. it. Maybe they'll do it for Halloween. Maybe That'd I be can so get my sick. hopes up. Well, the problem with this year is now that like, we have, like, six sets coming out within, like, yeah. three weeks of each other. We have a preview card on this podcast for, for, uh, un, un, unstable. I keep calling it unstable. Unfinity. Because it's not a real word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, and then, well, then that's all because of shipping glaze, right? Like, Infinity was supposed, the reason we had like weirdly two months of no content, and now we're getting yeah. both Warhammer, Infinity, this set, Dominary United, and Brothers War, and technically the Phyrexian one between now and December. Yeah. So, less than four months at this point, we're getting five wow. product releases. Uh, yeah. Was because cause shipping sucks right now. Worlds, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so okay, so that's Grease Fang. That's the deck that I own yeah. now. So anyone who wants to show decks of Grease Fang. Yeah, so Grease Fang, it's super it's it's a drag racer. It's a super linear it, it, it honestly like you, you mentioned like it feels kind of like dredge, but I was almost going to say it feels like Grizzlebrand. It feels like like cheating out of Grizzlebrand and oh, Modern I, does. I think I think if you played Vengevine back in the standard days or yeah, yeah. or Vengevine's in Modern, it feels the most like a Vengevine deck. Almost closer yeah. to like the um the hollow one Vengevine decks or even Hogak to some extent. Yeah. It feels like Hogak without the like 
this is too busted to exist feature. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, an important, an important thing about the grease fang though, is that if you ha- like, and part of what I like about pioneer is that despite that we're lacking some of this cheap interaction, like path to exile or, um, lightning bolt or, or whatever, uh, we do have these tools like scavenging ooze, graveyard trespasser, the, the sideboard tech in pioneer and explorer is actually pretty robust. We have ley lines. We have all of these like Nihil spell bomb type effects that they've printed recently. Um, so the grease fang deck is one of those where like, if you have a scavenging ooze and one green mana open, you're pretty much safe against the grease fang deck, which is cool if you're in the driver's seat when that happens, but it's also not cool when they kill your scavenging ooze. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of one of those decks where it's like very kind of poker face. Do I have the interaction to stop you? Do you have the interaction to stop my interaction to stop you? Phoenix deck, very similar. I I was just going to say like Phoenix deck and, uh, and cat oven are very similar in that sense where it's like, you know, uh, if you're what, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume that you know what both of these archetypes are from standard. Uh, but if you don't Arclight Phoenix, you play a lot of spells and bring four Arclight Phoenixes back for free and swing for 12, uh, and then cat oven, you infinitely soft loop uh, uh, Calder Familiar to slowly drain your opponent and have a blocker every turn that uh, always comes back. But again, if you have a scavenging news, if you have a graveyard trespasser, if you have a Kalidus or whatever, um, these decks start to get soft. But it's one of those things like they're always going to take game one off of you kind of a thing. Uh, so those of us that are familiar with modern are kind of going to like Vengevine or Dredge, like it, it it feels similar. Like Phoenix feels kind of like a storm thing where they beat you game one and then you have to put in all of these like damping sphere effects. And uh well the one thing that yeah. I definitely like and, and and what's one of the reasons I think scavenging is such a good game is you want to be careful against decks like Grease Fang in the sense that like you know Blood Moon against Tron was always like kind of suspect in modern yeah. where it was like on paper this sounds good. But in reality, I spent my turn three playing a three drop that didn't do anything. And they spent their like, which has given them now the time to draw seven lands and just play yeah. card on turn seven. <laughs> and yep. it's like, oh, right. And it's one thought not zero was printed. It's like, oh, I guess I'm just not. This is hard. <laughs> or not yeah. Hard, but yeah, like there's there's yeah, definitely yeah. like reality smasher as well. Yeah, yeah, there's there's inevitability and the inevitability of I just will eventually draw enough lands to cast Parkelion from my hand and I don't need my graveyard does offer yeah. levels of, you know, threat that, that's interesting. Like, that's an interesting game, right? Is like making sure your graveyard hate doesn't tempo you out of the game from yeah. them just being like, okay, fine, here's a four mana Essica's Chariot, here's a five mana Sky Sovereign, here's a six mana Cassiger, here's a seven mana Parkelion. And I was able to curve out because my first three turns were you know, Wayfarer and Grizzly Salvage and just drew lands for three turns while you did, while you played Graveyard Hate. Um, yeah. Bad Spirits is a deck, though, which is another modern. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a very, very healthy population of um, tempo decks. Uh, it's not like in the metagame, but I would also kind of put like Rogues in there, too. I don't see it as much in Pioneer, but on Explorer, I definitely see it. Like, you, you play an evasive creature on turn one, you're protecting it with like spell pierce kind of, it, it, this is like the Delver of modern, right? Like um, 
you've got like these spirit strategies that are kind of like you know doing all these tricky tricky things to protect their their two one flyers and then uh swinging at you um so uh super interactive decks super sticky much like delver or something like that um i don't really have anything else to say about that i mean it's a super healthy yeah. part of the meta and you know bring your fatal pushes you know so, um, so like like one thing that's really interesting is like we've always kind of said in modern where like even when cards are banned archetypes kind of don't shift too much there's been a birthing pod deck in modern forever yeah it just became you know a uh, collected company and now it's yagamoth uh you know yagamoth yes yeah. so there's there's been an affinity deck of some variety where it was affinity then it became hardened scales then it became like urza uh shenanigans and then now affinities back in like three different forms including hammer time uh yeah. you know there's always been these like there's always been like a a beat down semi interactive tribal deck be it merfolk be it human yep. be it be it um uh uh spirits and and so um it does feel like pioneer has taken you know there is a junt in this format there is a blue yeah. white glorious control there's a there's a Vengevine reanimator graveyard shenanigans. There's a blue red tempo. Is it Phoenix deck? There's a mono red burn. There is a humans deck. There's a, you know, th so yep. there's definitely feels there's some things that are missing, right? Like, but there's even the things that are missing have analogous ish things. And the format's still relatively new and untested, right? You, you are yeah, a little bit in that 100%. like, 100%. Like, Oh, we know what the good decks are. And then, you know, like, the the summer bloom deck comes out of nowhere with actually zero new cards printed into it, or lantern comes out of nowhere with actually zero yeah. new cards printed into it. And it's like, oh, this deck has existed in this format since the beginning, but no yeah. one thought about it, and now it's the best deck in the format. Yeah, um, and I, I can imagine that that's exactly what you're looking at. Plus, standard just affects this format so much more. The grease yeah. deck is a great example. Every new standard set is shaking up Pioneer. I can't emphasize that enough. Like. Every single new standard set, we've gotten a card that has found a, a really important home somewhere. Um, so, so that's that's uh, what we call a segue. So next, we're going to be talking about new standard <laughs> cards from Dominary United. Yeah. But before we do that, we do want to thank our sponsors. First off, thank you so much to ChannelFireball.com. Uh, if you are looking to buy cards, their store is really awesome. If you use the code, the MMCast there, uh, it helps us out. It helps you out. You get uh, a little bit of a discount. And plus, just send them love for sending us love. We always appreciate it. Also, a big shout out to Ultra Pro, uh, who's our product sponsor of the podcast. And in streams we do, we use Ultra Pro sleeves. They're great. You can also go to ultrapro.com to get those out. Big shout out to Wizards. Uh, they sent me this really dope Dominaria free box. It came with this stained glass window that is plugged in in a way that it's probably easier for me to move my camera and show off my entire apartment really quick. Um, time to get a vibe uh, of what it looks like. Uh, I, I got the red mana one, which is obviously the best color. It's in John, it's in Phoenix. Um, and then this giant massive box behind me, plus this is a Johnny shirt that I'm wearing. Um, sadly showed up in the middle of like, it's a long sleeve shirt in the middle of a massive heat wave. So hopefully it cools down to wear this more than this podcast recording. Um, and uh, uh, last but not least, uh, just follow both of us on the internet. Our, our, our Twitters are below us. Thank you. Editors. Uh, in chief, and uh, click on all the links below to find us other places on the internet like TikTok and YouTube 
uh, etc. Um, all right, so Dominaria United's coming out. There's some heaters in there. We already talked about Liliana the Veil, which I don't even know. Is that the most influential card for Dominaria United, kind of out the gate, you think? Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's what can I say that hasn't been said in, in the Masters of Modern podcast? You know what I mean? It's like... Uh, <laughs> If if you stick a Lilia like control is a is a big part of the meta in both Pioneer and Explore right now. If you stick uh, as a Jun player, if you can stick a Liliana of the, of the Veil against your control opponent, you're winning that game. You know what I mean? So it, even if it just goes in your sideboard in whatever black deck you're playing, it's incredibly incredibly important. It's really good in the mid range matchup. The only reason I'm not seeing it as much as I wish I was seeing it is because. I guess, first of all, because I'm playing mostly best of one on Arena, which is my first mistake. But second of all, uh, it's there's all these graveyard decks that want to be discarding, like Grease Fang. Sometimes the Grease Fang player is shuffling to try and get their Connive card so that they can pitch the Perihelion in their hand. And if you play a Liliana, you're kind of helping them out. So you better have a Scavenging Ooze or uh, whatever, a, a, a Fatal Push or Assassin's Trophy ready. Um, so it's kind of like... It's an amazing card. It feels perfectly balanced for Pioneer, but it's a little bit off meta right now because so many people want to be discarding. There's uh, there's a bunch of cards here. Um, so you few, mentioned that few, there's a few I've grabbed. Uh, the um, the elf, the new the yep. new leaf crown. I was just going to mention there's an elf and a merfolk lord that could both respectively make their tribes viable in Pioneer for the first time. Uh, I got crushed like an hour ago on Arena by an Explorer Elf deck with because uh, they've got the they've got the Lord that searches up other Lords from was it Core Twenty that we got that Elf Lord Elvish, where you can like Elvish pay six. Yep, uh, we've got that. We've got a bunch of big beater Elves and Land of War Elves and Elvish Mystic are both legal. Mm. So the Elf deck has legs, guys. Like Collective Company's legal. Um, we're we're in it, you know. Um, the Merfolk Lord. Sorry, go. Oh, I I mean, same with the Merfolk Lord. Basically, it's like the Merfolk Lord gives Merfolk legs for the first time in Pioneer. Yeah, it does. It does feel like the Merfolk Lord probably had. Well, in Modern, both are like massive boons. Especially, I think. I think interestingly enough, I think Elves, like Elves, is farther away because Fury hurts it more. Like, that's been yep. the big anti-elf tech for a while, even though this card does definitely give it more legs, or I think it's more beneficial. I think the Merfolk on the other side, where Merfolk are in general a little bit more resistant to Fury, um, just because yep. they're all, like, too, too... They're all they're all thick. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and, but... The, and that that card really, I think, does give it a lot of legs. The new Flash Merfolk Lord. That card's yeah. fuckers. I don't even know... <laughs> Like it's so yeah, that card card's insane. Um, um uh, yeah, Rona's Vortex, I think, it, is gonna. It so it's an uncommon, it's it's a one mana unsummon effect. Return target, target creature or planeswalker you don't control to its owner's hand. That is important that it says you don't control, mm-hmm. but then uh, it has kicker for two and a black to put it on the bottom of its owner's library instead. And I'm actually seeing tempo decks and control decks like esper control decks uh running this uh either in addition to fatal push or kind of instead of fatal push because Mm -hmm. 
in the early game when it's a one mana unsummon, that's all you need to stall out till your supreme verdict or your languish or whatever, um, which are both legal in Pioneer. So control has very powerful legs to stand on. And then later in the game, when you're top decking it and you have seven mana open, it's a four mana, effectively four mana exile, uh, which is super, super relevant, especially since uh, there's no path in this format. There's not really any reliable two mana counter spells in this format. Uh, so your unsummon, your tempo effects, especially in uh, any kind of anything north of mid range, any mid range tempo or control, uh, you have less options for your turn one and two interaction, which means that something like this that's versatile and can fit not only into your turn one curve, but also into your late game permanently deal with something. Uh, I think that that card is is we're going to see a lot more of it. Um, so we've, talked, we've talked, kind of talked about Fatal Push has like its flaws in the format. So right. Cut Down was a big, like a, a lot of people were talking about walking into it. It's already seen play in standard. I have been going through lists of the last seven days, which is the first time that Dominary United cards are added. It does feel pretty missing. I found one copy in one Rakdos mid-range list. <laughs> I think that I think that this goes back to, to what I mentioned to you earlier about how uh, this format is more threat dense. So if you think about, if you actually like think about this card for a second, this can't kill a Grease Fang, right? right? So uh, it can't kill a Grease Fang. It can barely kill a Phoenix. It can't kill a Kalidus. It can't, uh, it can't kill a Scavenging Ooze with one counter on it. And it can't kill a Graveyard Trespasser. So like, as I'm thinking through these threats, it's like it hits everything in mono red and that's like it. Right. It's like, interesting that it's almost a better card in modern where your main. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Similar and yeah, because uh, like, like I was behind. saying, like turn th- like turn three is like where you play the creature that you're hoping ends the game, whether it's mm-hmm. your your five, four elf that can't be blocked by anything, whether it's your grease fang that reanimates your perihelion, whether it's your. Uh, your graveyard trespasser that exiles your opponent's perihelion, and uh, that's a tough sell to to have a three drop creature be five total power plus toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that this card's good enough. I'm seeing people run one or two copies of it, and I have never. I mean, I, I, there's almost no creatures in any of my decks I've been brewing that get hit by it. Um, so, you know. I'm hoping that we get something maybe a little better. The, the I'm seeing more Terra Sunders. The one, the white green instant kicker, white or one black uh, exile target artifact enchantment. If it kicked exile target uh, non land permanent instead, I think this card is good. I think it's tough though because Assassin Trophy exists. <laughs> Assassin's Trophy exists, and and uh, Binding of the Old Gods exists, mm-hmm. which also has ramp stapled to it, and uh is maelstrom pulse legal in pioneer no okay but putrefy is you know uh no yeah it is yeah it is you're right it's in it's in it's in raptica three yep so putrefy is legal which makes it kind of a tough sell to have to go four mana for a creature when you can get creature or enchantment for putrefy sure 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 for three um um some other cool cards this is like this Junless is playing so many heaters it's playing soul of wind grace and it's playing yeah rog and it's playing braids are arisen nightmare um i think that we're gonna see a lot of the new shaldred 
for a, 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 at least a bit here. I don't know okay. if it's I don't know if it's better than like questing beast Kalidus in, so, in the four drop so, slot. Who was it that I want to say it was Sam Black, but that seems that I don't I, I forget who it was. Someone wrote today on Star City Games uh, that based on the results they're seeing in standard so far with Shieldred, that Shieldred is currently, in their opinion, more powerful than Omnath is in standard. Wow. Omnath was in standard, and they think no it's possibly way. comparable to more powerful than Omnath is in Pioneer. They said in Legacy, wow. in Modern, where it's fetch lands, that's not necessarily true because the landfall trigger scales up yep, better there. Of course. And in formats where it's a lot easier through Connive, and other like and blood tokens where you're drawing cards extra to like yeah. get multiple triggers off Shieldred and you're punishing your opponents for doing the same. That Shieldred is going to just be this really dominant life swing force. And because it's yeah. still five four death touch, right? Like the the, the base stats four five. Four five. And five good. toughness, five toughness if you look at the creature pool of what people are playing, five toughness, that's eating bone crusher giants. Uh, it's eating even a flipped graveyard trespasser. Um, eats Essica's chariot. Yep, eats Essica's chariot. It, it there's a lot the like the mono green collected company Stompy deck is basically all four fours with trample. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it eats all of those, and it has death touch to make sure that you can like get you know block a a, a chump block a croaksa or whatever and yeah, yeah. Worst send it back. Case scenario, you're 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 killing whatever you're fighting and a yeah. lot of the big threats of the format you're surviving. Uh, yeah. which is, which uh, is pretty sick. Have you seen the card cruelty of Gix? Uh, I've seen it. I'm pretty sure it's a, uh, so uh, I think people are sleeping on this card. No pun intended. Cause we have Phyrexian sleeper agents or whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh I promise you, sir, I am definitely not sleeping an agent. I'm not here to slowly trust everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. So uh, it's it's a five <laughs> it's a it's a five mana saga with read ahead, which means sure. that you can start on any of the chapters. The first chapter is uh, thought sees a but only creature or planeswalker. The second chap- chapter is just a, a demonic tutor lose three life. Uh, and then the third chapter is uh, reanimate from uh, your opponent's graveyard or your graveyard. So at minimum, this is five mana, just reanimate anything. <laughs> but at maximum, if you're actually playing the full read ahead, you're thought seizing your opponent, you're searching up and somebody did this to me. And that's why I'm thinking about this card is because I'm I'm. I'm not going to lie. I'm salty you're, about it. You're mad. <laughs> so so this is, this is what somebody did to me, and it was so clever. They played this with the chapter two, the tutor. They fetched a Liliana. They played the Liliana on that turn that they fetched it and used it to discard a Titan of Industry, which was their reanimator target of choice. So There's like whatever piece the they target. needed, that this is like kind of a self-contained... Not only does it go get your reanimator target if you need it, or go get your discard enabler to put something in your graveyard for reanimator, but then it reanimates the following turn. So if you play some kind of black control shell that wants this like inevitability of bringing back a 10-10 or something, 
even just like a, yeah, Black Control, Liliana the Veil, like turn one Thoughtseize, turn two, play something that blocks and attacks, turn th- or another Thoughtseize, turn three, play Liliana the Veil, turn four, play Shieldred, turn five, play this, yeah, Thoughtseize them or tutor for the t- tutor for Titan of Industry, discard it to Liliana. And then, and then that sounds so sick. Actually, I need to build this deck. And you, you kind of have to, you kind of have to remember that turn five is kind of like the turn four in Pioneer to to modern, right? It's like, sure. like you're kind, like just like how you're always going to kind of make it to turn four, Bloodbraid Elf in Modern John. You're usually always going to make it to turn five in in Pioneer in terms of how long the games last, but. Well, and and uh, Jund decks or any any black based decks in both formats always really right. add like an extra turn to their turns because they get the thoughts of their yeah. opponent, so at least gets them turn. If a game would normally end on turn four, they're going to end on turn five. Uh, you know where because their opponent won't have good cards anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think the new Squee might be Pioneer playable. Um. Okay. It, I mean, it's uh, I could see like a like a um kind of like the mono red control decks that would play goblin rabble master in modern mm-hmm. i could see somebody making something like analogous to that like it's like a rabble master that you can like escape from your graveyard mm-hmm. uh so it's like it's maybe not as powerful as a rabble master but it's definitely more resilient um there's a there's a, a list that uh that's playing urtai the resurrector they're the resurrected. I love that card, dude. List. I love that card. That's that's one of my favorites from Damu is is Urtai. I think that that card, uh, it's the best version. I mean, th- think about Snapcaster Mage, right? Or or like Assassin's Trophy, right? Like you're like normally Snapcaster Mage would be two mana to get a two one. And then you pay another mana to path to exile or, or from your graveyard, right? So you're paying three or four mana total to get a two one and then get rid of something and then mm-hmm. usually give your opponent a basic land or, or whatever, right? Urtai, you're paying about the same amount, amount of mana. You're getting a three two. And then instead of giving your opponent a basic land, you're giving them a card, right? Right, right. right. So like in a vacuum, if you see the the downside of giving your opponent a, a card as being similar to ramping your opponent like Path to Exile does or Assassin's Trophy does, like it's kind of just a Snapcaster Mage plus whatever you would target with Snapcaster Mage baked into one card, and it's a three two instead of a, a two one. Like that I mean, seems I mean, crazy. One of my favorite cards of all time has been Venser, uh, the original Venser. Oh, yeah. for like, the bounce yeah. blink thing. And so Urtai is like right in that same location and makes me a little sad purely from, I was like really hoping we were going to get Venser back when we got to Dominaria. Yeah. When we go to New Trixia, <laughs> like, yes, he teleported his heart in the car. I, I still have faith, but I don't, I now don't think we're going to get, they'll do it. Like, they'll do it like, someday. The Urtai card is not going to be what Venser is. We're going to get like, right. uh, he's, he's going to do more of a, like, you know, Maybe it'll be like birthing pod for instance and sorcerers or something. We'll, yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, um, so, so the last kind of one, one conversation, and we touched upon it a little bit throughout the podcast, is you know talking about stuff getting added, but also you know the differences from modern. A big one being fetch lands, right? Like that, yep. I think is like 
what effect do you think it's had on Pioneer not having fetch lands from the beginning? Well, I think, I mean, first the elephant in the room is that it's way easier to get players into it because they're like, if you have a friend, especially like somebody younger uh, who like they're going to get irritated shuffling their deck every, every turn uh, or somebody, you know, we're all broke. It's you know 2022. Look at the economy. Like the, nobody wants to buy fetch lands right now. So the, I think that just on that alone, you're going to be a lot less lonely, you're going to find play groups faster playing pioneer than you would in modern. And I, I feel bad saying that because guys, I love modern, but man, uh, my well, list of people, oh, sorry, yeah. I, I was just complaining about how I can't get anybody to play modern with yeah, me anymore because build communities around pioneer a lot quicker yeah. than you'd be able to build modern. it's like finding right. pioneer store or modern stores is probably easier right now than finding pioneer ones just from a legacy of play but if right. you are going somewhere from that's fresh who's like a store that's just growing from standard it's a lot easier to start a pioneer community for sure yeah uh the other thing that uh I might have mentioned earlier, I know I mentioned it before we started recording, was that uh, Fatal Push is a lot harder uh, to turn on. Um, and mana bases are a little bit tougher to perfect because we don't have... Uh, if you think about a fetch land as a three to five color mana source, because you can get any... Uh, I mean, you can get tri lands with, with fetch lands now since Ikoria. So like, if you think of a fetch land as being able to get any color in your deck... We don't have that anymore. So if you have a, like a watery grave in your hand as opposed to a polluted delta, your polluted delta could go and get you red or green or white uh, by proxy of the shocklands or the triomes. But if there's a watery grave in your hand, that's blue black. You're going to have to deal with that, you know. Um, so what we're seeing is like, for example, the, the Jund players are coalescing into mostly uh, either black, red or black, green, depending on how fast they want to try and end the game. We're seeing the Bant spirits, especially on Explorer, um, coalescing more into Azorius spirits or even mono blue spirits, because it's a lot harder to have a mana base where you don't get punished by the mono red player if you're shocking every turn. Right. Um, so and I think that especially with how much standard has power creeped, I think that kind of taking everything and slotting it backwards and making it a little bit harder to have perfect mana is a good thing for the balance. Because if you want to play a triple green pip 5-4 trample, like every land in your deck has to tap for green. You know what I mean? Like you don't get to cheat out of it like you would in modern with like a, a, a an Abzan or f like five color humans or something like that, where like you're playing, like you're tapping for like a double black on turn two and then Azorius on turn three. Like you're not, uh, you're going to run into to mana fixing problems if you do that, which as much as it pains me because I'm a modern player to, to need to make the hard cuts and say, you know what? I can't run green in this Jun deck because there's not room. As much as I hate to do that as a seasoned player, I think it's good for the format. Mm -hmm. um i think i think there's also like i mean to your point earlier i'm easier to get into uh right if you have sh the sh a play set of shocks which a lot of modern players already have and you have your plate set of thought seizes this deck is a hundred dollars yep exactly 
maybe and a lot of these depending on like random weird staples like yeah and like that's astounding i like straight up bought this grief fang deck out of the box for less than 300 dollars because i had the thought to use this already and everything else in the deck i just like okay it's easier for me to do this and find my overgrown tombs in eight different commander decks and modern decks and like that's that's a and that's a that's the top four best decks in the format versus yep. you know that i think is a big a big success story and and as it's grown, there's cooler stuff you can do. One of the problems with Pioneer also when it first started is like, it's a lot of just like standard decks from ages past or weird yep. broken combos that just happen to exist. Now there's yeah. like, like this Grease, like there's decks here that like you didn't exist before. Or you're creating something yeah. new that I think is cool. There's a lot. And and I'm seeing new ones every day. Like, and and eat, like there, there's these things that are going to sneak up on us kind of like Hollow One did back when it first broke out on the, under the modern scene. And you were mentioning other decks like that where it's it's here but we just need to like find the right card for it you know it's like every card that we get with black pips makes gray merchant better in pioneer and it's not anywhere close to being on the top of the meta right now but once a day i run into somebody who's running mono black demo devotion with gray merchant in the pioneer or the explore queue on arena and i lose to it you know like, and every time that they print a new black card, you know, you've got stuff like this, the Raven Man from Dom Yu, uh, you know, maybe somebody, somebody might make an eight rack deck, some kind of a right. discard tribal deck with cycling or something. Uh, I was telling Shivam the other day uh, that cycling and channel both proc Raven Man. Mm -hmm. You could do some kind of like a young pyromancer cycle stuff on your opponent's turn, make a bunch of one, one birds and then swing out kind of a thing with uh and that's like its own deck there's nothing else like that in pioneer right now and every time that they print cycling on a card that random quirky little deck is going to get that much closer to breaking out of the meta and i love that about formats that's why i fell in love with modern back when like way before the horizon sets made mm -hmm. it a lot harder to to deck build uh and, and outside of that in this format doesn't kick your butt as much as it does. In, yeah. In, and that's not true of Explore, right? That, that, and that is my, like, biggest complaint with with um, right. Arena generally is, like, Arena is so punishing to brewing cool ideas unless you, like, have been collecting every card forever. But in paper, this format's yeah. really not, because it's so inexpensive, It's and a lot of the expense is just in Shocklands and the Kamigawa Pitchlands, like you get really far, you can brew a lot of really cool ideas where like you can do like mono black zombies where you're just like Thoughtseize Duress, you know, Champion of the Parish, Crypt Breaker, Laser Tough Reaper, uh, uh, the Raven Man, Liliana, let's go. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> it is. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know, a, a good chunk of these decks that are high in the meta are like monocolored decks or close to being a monocolored deck. And some of them like, this Boros aggro deck is a heroic deck that's using like 50 cent. I mean, at least I think they're 50 cent. What when was the last time I checked favored hoplite? You know, like, yeah, 50 cents. Right. Uh, Illuminator Virtuoso, 50 cents. Uh, 10th District Legionnaire, 25 cents. Those are the main threats in this deck. And then it's all like one mana pump spells. And that's the whole deck. And then you just need your sacred foundries. And then uh like you want your inspiring vantages but you could get away without them because it's a two color format you know 
There's um, a there's a there's a eighty five dollar Chandra tribal deck. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love like yeah. I love that about this format. And but I think people sometimes forget that like if you want to casually brew like a modern mono green elf deck in modern, you still probably want fetch lands in that, even if you're mono colored. You know, because like the elf deck is so dependent on like top decking another elf every single turn after you've hit your, uh, you know, you have like effectively well, I mean, in in modern, infinite in mana. Modern, you also want to be black green, right? Like you're 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 pretty right. much the the value of not being elves is going to be pretty low, and 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 elves even with that where you're playing a one so thief if you go to catacombs just for the splash is a seven is a seven hundred dollar deck. Yep. Like that's yeah, the, I just the I just mean like deck and, yeah, go. yeah, like like trying to play in modern and avoid fetch lands on purpose to save your wallet is like incredibly difficult. So I will right? I will say right now the fetch lands are not the biggest punch in the wallet. Right, right. <laughs> like because of because of Modern Horizons too, because so much value is in the pitch elementals. Like endurance right. is the thing that's really expensive about this stuff, right? Like the 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 pitch elementals and uh, Ragavan, the fetch lands value at like you know your average enemy fetch is twenty to five dollars, right, so, right, which is still not cheap. And compared to Pioneer, where you also still need the shock lands, it, it's definitely expensive. But it, it, it is an interesting time, yeah. yeah, between the two sides. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know I, I'm super stoked with this format. Is there anything you want to talk about beyond these subject matters before we we do? an hour and a half so we can we can oh wow yeah time flies uh yeah i mean that's about it like you know i um i think that i guess a, a closing thought is that um wizards is paying attention now to like a lot of these different things that maybe 10 years ago five years ago might have not gotten attention like we're we're getting like we got like this death shadow style card shadow of mortality in streets of new Capenna, which is pioneer legal. And it's another one of those things. It's like, if you're a shadow player, they're kind of thinking about you. They're keeping you in the back of their mind and they're printing stuff that, and we also got in the new Zendikar, another creature that's kind of similar to that, that, uh, the sort of death shadow style. Um, so it's one of those things where like, yeah, we might not have Death Shadow. I love Death Shadow. It sucks that we don't have Death Shadow. We probably couldn't have it safely be legal. Maybe we could, you know. Um, but I think that one advantage of how quickly they're printing cards and uh, how much they're exploring the design space, especially as it pertains to Pioneer, is that we're getting new cards that fit a bunch of different archetypes very quickly. And I think it's not going to be long before everybody playing modern feels like they have an analogous deck that they fall in love with in Pioneer, if not already. Uh, and I'm super excited about that because I'm all about being able to play a format that my friends can afford to play, being able to play a format that uh, my uh my family members you know my sister is getting into magic i have all these people in my life that are learning standard and learning draft but they would never be able to jump from standard to modern and i want to be able to play with them you know so right. pioneer really 
gets me excited because I've, you know, I've got my legacy. I've got my proxied out CDH deck. Like I've, I've got these things that I can do if I want to play with the deeply entrenched longtime players that know all of the lingo and know all of that, all of that stuff. But on a day-to-day basis, the people that I'm having over to my place to have some pizza and, and chill out are people that would be way more likely to play pioneer. So, um, I'm just excited to be playing more magic. You know, it makes me excited to keep playing the game. And, so. and I, th- I think, I think like to that point, right? Like magic is growing rapidly and every year it's yeah. grown rapidly from the year it was before that. And the bigger magic grows, the harder it is for these newer players to get into older formats, modern yep. included. And we have a ton of guides that, like on this, on this channel of like how to get into modern. If you're interested in getting into modern or you're, you want to figure out starting points, because there are ways to do it. But yeah. As it grows, those things get more expensive. It becomes a little bit more difficult, a little bit more daunting. Pioneer is a and, and, and to the statement I made, it's reverse compatible. I said like, hey, if you play if you play modern, you already have the mana base, you already have the thought seizes, you have a lot of the cards you need. Especially if you've been playing modern for a while, a lot of staples that were good in modern that are no longer, uh, you can retroactively apply them. You have the Lilianas of the Veil already to yeah. play Pioneer. That's true and the vice versa, right? Pioneer is a great stepping stone. If I buy Pioneer Jund, I now have Liliana's, I now have Thought Seizes, I now have the yeah. mana, like everything but the the fetch lands for the mana base. Like you're you're it is a building stepstone to get people into modern while also a great format on its own. So I, I think yeah. I think like for the first time in basically since Pioneer has existed in the last six months, probably, I've like definitely appreciated pioneer a lot more than when it first showed up the scene partially because what we talked about before it's it's arrival was bumpy <laughs> yeah uh it landed in yeah. chicago airport there was a snowstorm going on that had a park <laughs> in fort worth for three days yeah <laughs> uh, and i think i think explorer is big too right because it like i with every passing year there's more and more people where uh, like you know i i feel really old saying this but I'm meeting more and more people where arena is really their first real exposure to magic. Oh, and right now the two main ways you entree into magic are arena or commander. Yeah. It's and it's like not close to anything else. <laughs> yeah. And with, you know, with that in mind, like, I don't think it's realistic for us to expect, uh, like, you know, if we, if we talk realistically here, magic online is probably not getting overhauled anytime soon. Arena is the future. We're not going to get modern on arena anytime soon which means that pioneer is the eternal format of the arena generation. And, you know, regardless of your thoughts about pioneer right now, it's, it's, I didn't have much of a reason to want to play, uh, arena prior to pioneer because I was a commander player and I was a modern player and I didn't want to play standard. I didn't like drafting at the time. Now I've grown to love drafting, but um, but at the time it was like, there's nothing for me on arena. Right. Uh, but now, you know, they got me, they printed Liliana the veil and now I'm playing arena every night. You know what I mean? It's like, right. I, I can come out here and admit like this Jund player is happily grinding on arena every single night. And, uh, it's because they've, they made me feel at home in this format, uh, in this new space, you know, for sure. And, that, and that's so. and that's what I'm excited too is like Liliana proves like right now 
as of Dominaria United coming out, I believe we have now entered the longest period of time that Lightning Bolt hasn't been in standard. We've now oh. we've now beaten the previous M10, which was uh, the previous longest era um, since since Lightning Bolt rotated out, which is which is wild, but also makes me feel like Lightning Bolt's coming back sometime soon. <laughs> if they can <laughs> if they can reprint Liliana, I think that they can reprint. Uh, I think I think I, they're reticent to bring Lightning Bolt into Pioneer, right? Because one of the yeah in the way that Force of Will and Wasteland and Brainstorm define Legacy, Lightning Bolt and fetch lands and you know whatever yeah. define define modern now i would have told you that that's true of liliana yeah. the veil as well so I, I think i think i think there is eventually a moment like hey liliana is maybe too good or grease fang and the giant and all these x3s need a little bit more of a police yeah. person to beat them up and lightning bolt that's the moment they like are like the okay, problem with that. lightning bolt is that it's not just an answer it's a threat right and so I think path would be way more safe for Pioneer. Sure. sure. Because uh or, and, or even even swords, you know. And, and, um, and like like path doesn't see play a modern anymore. Sword yeah. Lightning Bolt does. Like Lightning Bolt is still a modern staple. Right. Path has been outclassed. So I, I agree, I think path could be reprinted. Uh though it does feel like they're all like they're now like we want to explore new path areas. We want March of the White One, and we want yeah. Portal Hole, and that is seeing Hall. play a lot. Yeah, like, uh, the the March, the White March is seeing play in all the control decks. Uh, we have the what's the Soren's dad is missing card. The from oh, oh, uh, oh. Uh, unexpected absence destroys sure. target creature planeswalker. Its controller investigates for two mana, like they're definitely tiptoeing deeper into giving us better removal spells, which makes me really excited. We didn't talk about it, but there's the new domain one for five color decks. That's one. If you have it's, it's I think five and one or six and one. Uh, No, I think it's five and one, six mana O ring with flash, but it has domain. Oh yeah. One less for domain. So if you're playing any of the Yurion lists, which we didn't talk about, but there are two Yurion decks. Yeah. Uh, There's an elemental one and then there's a control one. It's the same as modern. <laughs> Yorion should be banned in every format. <laughs> I hate that card so much. I uh, talked about shuffling, uh, but um, that in those decks, that 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 O ring is better than Path in some ways, uh, right? But it's way harder to go five color sure. in uh, sure, in sure, this sure, format, sure, sure. which oh, makes yeah, it. That's, uh, that's why I was pointing yeah. out the decks that exist already that are five right. color. Yeah, and, and and but you know you only need a triumph. You need one triumph. It's a two draw. Uh, that's true. Like they get that real true. far getting you domain. Um, if you had to choose right now between Path the Exile, Snapcaster Mage, and Lightning Bolts to be printed into standard to be added to Pioneer, which of those? And I want and I want this comment below with your answer. We're not doing trivia today. We're doing what card do you want to be added? <laughs> Snapcaster Mage, Lightning Bolt, or Path the Exile? Uh, which one of those three would you want added to Pioneer if you had to choose between the three? Man. I think my vote is for path. Okay. Because I think all aggro gets way too good in Pioneer. Like red is already really good in Pioneer. I think all aggro, Phoenix, uh, Jund, Mono Red, Prowess, Heroic, whatever it is, I think it all gets slightly too good if lightning bolt is legal. And I think that all control gets like if snapcaster mage was in pioneer, 
there's no mana leak. There's no remand. There's no lightning bolts. There's no, you know, there's not a yeah, lot. Yeah, but not a lot of four mana. But we have we have like Supreme Verdict, Settle the Wreckage, uh, the Fortel board drop. We have Teferi, multiple Teferis. Well, we have yeah, those are all great control cards. But my point right. is, under Snapcaster Mage target, like what what like Snapcaster oh, Mage is true. When it's hitting one drop, maybe you're speed, right. Two drop instant speed spells. Maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. Maybe Snapcaster is the safest because there's nothing really to hit. Maybe, like Thoughtseize, right? You can, but that sorcery speed. If like, Ooh, yeah. Okay, I changed my vote. So Snapcaster <laughs> made. Yeah, Soul Guy Control, <laughs> baby. <laughs> you talked me into it. I would I love. Path two, dude, so. <laughs> that that was my modern deck for the longest time. Though it was it was turn one Thoughtseize, turn two Tarmogoyf, turn three Snap Thoughtseize, and that was my life. And, and now you get for the months. Saltai, which we didn't talk about. What the the Saltai Tarmogoyf, the Lurgoyf, the Urban yeah. Lurgoyf. It's only really good in dredgy stuff, though, because you really have to have a lot of creatures in your graveyard. Because Tarmogoyf, Thoughtseize, Fetchland yeah, is yeah, yeah. already huge. Um, you, you can play with spells, but uh, right. I mean, I I think I think your argument for Path makes a lot of sense too, right? Like the format needs a graveyard, an anti graveyard efficient removal spell that's good against both Phoenix and it's good against. Mono, like we're just standard aggro decks and and yeah and path has this fairness feature which it ramps your opponent right like that's always been been a fair so yeah wizards get a snapcaster mage also just do both let me snapcaster mage and have to exile people <laughs> that's the best thing you could do in magic yeah. why can't i do it in pioneer i would, I would oh, if, man. I could, if i could snapcaster mage i still have a in my luliana playset is in a pioneer isn't a modern deck that is just four Snapcaster Mage, four Path yep. to Exile, four Lily Out of the Veil, Stone Blade. I don't care that it's bad. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, that sounds a lot like what my Salt Eye deck was right before I stopped playing Modern. It was, yeah, Lily, Thoughtseize, Snap, Goyf, and I didn't care it was bad. <laughs> I, I want to do, do two things. I either want to self-mill myself and get a Parhelion or a Vengevine or a Hogak into play, or... I want to just Snapcaster Mage Path to Exiles until you don't have a creature anymore. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a noble goal, my friend. That's a noble all right. goal. All right, thank you so much. Thank you so much for 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 joining. This has been a blast. Uh, where, thank you. Where, where can people find? Like, once again, last time, where can where, where's the one place you want people to go to find you? Uh, it probably may. I mean, honestly, uh, probably Spotify. Uh, probably the first time you've ever had anybody on here. To- same to go to spotify but well, ben, either ben, ben has his whole band thing, that's so true I... that's true <laughs> ben is amazing by the way ben's music is killer uh it's really good yeah we're... do i think we're i mean this might be spoilers eh, i'm gonna say it and then and then i'm gonna get yelled at it's not the first time i think <laughs> Ben is trying to do uh some some music are you going to the magic summit uh i don't know when it is i haven't thought that far it's, ahead. In, it's in november it's the like it's the uh the brandon sanderson which i should be pitching this anyways because we're supposed to this is the month now that the kickstarter is done i'm advertising summit <laughs> uh there's a uh there's a big magic event it's in november the mm cast is going to be there uh ben might be trying to pull off doing a show there which is why i was bringing that up that's how this all came up yeah uh segue uh and uh, if you use the code the mm cast or mm cast uh, Marshall will put the letters on the screen because I will find out and text him and whatever is in front of me, uh, <laughs> or, or actually it might be Kess. I think if you use the, the code name Kess, uh, that you get a discount and and they show, throw us some love too. If you're going, please use that. Uh, I actually think it is Kess, K-E-S-S. 
uh, and uh, Ben's trying to do a, a show there as well. So you'll you can you can see Ben live, which is what. And, and yeah. make sure to check out Jonathan on Spotify too. You have so much music homework to do, listeners. Get yeah, Jonathan. do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, YouTube works well too. I I have a lot of uh, a lot of stuff on YouTube. That's like my main platform. But YouTube is in a weird place right now as a platform. So I I always Spotify is usually the end goal because I'm not a vlogger. I'm a musician. So mm-hmm. um, usually we're trying to push people from YouTube to Spotify. So. YouTube is a nice place to see who I am, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm trying to get you to put my stuff on your gym playlist on Spotify. Your, your, your so. goal is to get our listeners to go to YouTube so that your YouTube channel can get them to Spotify, and you could just come right. out middle man. Just skip go, that. Just go yeah. straight to Spotify give, and and, and check your money. Out. Give it to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Does Google who owns Spotify? It's got to be someone. <laughs> uh, it's just Spotify. There. I you mean, really? they they own like eighty percent. Well, I mean, they're like eighty percent of the music streaming market right now so sure sure kind of like how netflix is its own entity it's kind of like the netflix of 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 the music world right now but that makes sense anyway um but yeah so thanks everyone uh if you follow follow me on everything from tiktok to twitter at at kess wiley once again thank you wizards for the cool awesome gift box i uh will do some pack i did some pack openings for the collector booster i'll be doing a set booster live stream sometime next week uh and thank you again jonathan for for joining everyone to give john thanks everybody um and we'll talk to all of you and i think the plan is to do just like pioneer content for a few few episodes so get ready everybody and we'll see you guys next week awesome This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.